Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. This teaching is from our MVF Church Gateway Campus, which is based out of Uri, Wyoming. Here at MVF Church, our goal is to raise up and multiply world-changing disciples. We're glad you're here, so let's get into the teaching of God's Word. Okay, so today, quick recap. We've been going through Nehemiah. Again, Nehemiah is like one of the last historical texts in the Old Testament. So if you're going through and you're like trying to flip through and find it in your Bible, it's between Ezra and Esther. And um, I might be saying that back. I'm sorry. I, I should know. Uh, Esther, no, Ezra and, yeah, okay, between Ezra and Esther. Uh, so it is something that was um, before Jesus came in the flesh. This is a historical text in the sense that it goes through and it documents Nehemiah going back and helping rebuild the walls, which last week we talked about what an incredible feat that was and how many million pounds a day they would have had to move to build these walls. Again, God is great. He had his hand on it and everyone knew it because no one can move that much rock. I mean, that's incredible. So that was amazing. And then we talked last week about how they, they went to God and just spent time saying, we know that everything that has led up to this point, all the bad things are on us. We know that our ancestors were stiff-necked. We know that they were arrogant. We know that we are the same. We know that we're guilty, Lord. Be gracious. Allow us to be under you. We are recommitting our lives. We are going back to giving you everything that we have. So that was last week. Okay, this week, we're going to be looking a little bit more at dedication and some, some celebration. So before we get to the dedication done right, which I, I like alliteration, so that's why there's the dedication done. I don't know. Anyway, Peter Piper picked a peck, for those of you that want to know. Uh, but today, let's, let's start off because, you know, time change. We might still be in a little bit groggy. You guys ready for some Simon Says? I'm not going to make you stand up. You, you don't have to do this. This is not mandatory. But if you want to, give it a shot, okay? All right. So the way Simon Says is played, just in case you don't know, Simon says it, you do it. If Simon doesn't say it and you do it, you're out. Or if you do the wrong thing, when Simon says to do something, you're out if you do the wrong thing, okay? All right. You good with this? Are you guys like, no, I came to hear God's word. I promise this goes into God's word. I, I'm not going to take away from God's word here, okay? So... Simon says, touch your nose. Simon says, touch your head. Simon says, touch your elbow. Simon says, touch your knee. Touch your nose. Oh, Simon didn't say. Simon says, touch your nose. Simon says, touch your hair. Simon says, touch your chin. Simon says, touch your hair. Simon says, touch your knee. Okay. This is the point. And I actually saw this. I, just so you know, this is the point. And this is how, if, if I was doing this with six pairs, that's my go-to, okay? Just so you know, that's what I would always do. Because so often, we don't do what we hear, we do what we see. And our behavior and what we do is reflected in by what we do. And people model their lives after what they see, not always what they hear. James talks about how, um, the book of James, not my son. Um, the book of James talks about how we're not supposed to be just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And, and I think today, as we look at this, let's not just hear, but let's see what they did as a model 
for us because they really were. They were modeling something that I think is very important that we, we, don't, always, we don't always do it right. Okay, so um, this is Nehemiah 11 and 12, uh, and we're, we're going to be scooting towards the end of Nehemiah by the time Easter comes. And when we hit Palm Sunday and Easter, that's when we'll be rocking and rolling with a new series. But uh, first, if you'd like to turn with me, you don't have to, but Nehemiah, one thing we do, I like, I like having a physical Bible. If you're a phone person, that's okay too. I just, you know, I can get there in my phone and I always have my phone so like I can get there. But there's something for me like having a Bible in my hands. I'm like, ah, oh, just, it feels right. Um, so I'm going to go to Nehemiah and again, it's, it's like halfway through the old Testament. Um, not that your Bible looked just like mine, but there we go. Uh, and Nehemiah chapter 11, uh, and 12 go through and they, it starts depicting how the leaders and the people were settled in Jerusalem. Now, this might have been 12 years later, maybe, or maybe not. But uh, when we look at this in verse 27 is where I want to start. Okay, so Nehemiah 11:27 27 says, At the dedication of the wall in Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving, with music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. So, one way that they did dedication right, one way that they showed thankfulness is through music. So some of y'all are like, music? I love listening to music, Pastor Carl, it's great. That's good, because it really is. Music is great. But they were brought together to sing, to play, and all to praise God with joyful praise. Okay? so. They were all got together, and the musicians also were brought together. So maybe not everyone played an instrument. That's okay. But those who could play an instrument, I, I would probably be like the cymbal person. I don't know if I could do some of these other ones, a harp or a lyre. Um, they were all brought together um, all around Jerusalem, and they, they came together, and the priests and Levites had purified themselves ceremonially and then they purified the people and the gates of the wall. So we went from, there. they came together to sing praise, but they took time. They took a moment before they went in and they said, there's something that needs to happen. And part of this purification would have been some ceremonial like washing, but also just taking time to dedicate that time and those people and those things to God. So with this purification, in our own lives, not saying that we need to, you know, come in, be clean, because God makes us clean, right? What comes out of our mouth, what comes out of our heart shows that we're clean. And they took time to give this to God. They said, this, this wall was all because of you. Us coming back together after being squashed out and pushed out and brought into exile is all because of you, God. And these gates in the wall that allow people in and out, this is, this also needs to be for you. God, we want you to be over who comes and goes from our lives, right? Because gates, gates are a, a door that allows 
things in. And we, we need to understand that we have gates in our own life. We have gates through our eyes and our ears by what we see, by what we allow in, by what we then spread out with our mouth. So we should constantly be in prayer of God, guard what's going into my ears and my eyes and guard my heart. Part of that would be purification of just, God, this is yours. Help me not to, to be just ingesting things that would harm me or, or take my heart away from you. So all of this, they had songs of praise. Then they took time to settle down and purify themselves, the people, and the gates. And uh, I was talking to my uncle. He's uh, a pastor in, in Colorado. Um, and he was talking about how he makes, he makes appointments with God, meaning like he makes sure that there's time dedicated out of his day that it's, it's an appointment. I'm sorry, I can't do that. I have an appointment at that time. And the appointment is just sitting, reading, praying. It's hard. It's hard in this day and age because there's always something. I can tell you, I was telling, uh, <laughs> like over spring break, I didn't have much planned out, or maybe, I don't know who I was talking to, Charlie. Uh, and I was like, I didn't have much planned out, but all my time got filled up. It's weird how that happens, right? I didn't have much planned out for spring break, but all the different time periods, and I'm not sad about any of that, but if you don't make appointments to keep and you don't honor those appointments, then you'll never have time for God. You'll never have time for God's word. And, and he wants that from you. He wants that relationship with you. And that's part of that whole purification. Like if you start your day just looking at Facebook or just going through and being like, okay, what's the news today? You might be allowing things into the gates that shouldn't be there before God's word has time, like before putting yourself in front of God's word. And so for me, when I say this, understand that this is for me as well. Like when I'm saying these things, I need to continue to honor and protect that time in my life. So if you're like, oh man, well, you're a pastor. You, no problem, right? No, it's still a problem. The devil doesn't have a big book of tricks. He still is going to pull away from your time, your, your thoughts, your, what you see. So no matter what, he's going to do that with each one of us. So the Levites took time to praise and purify the things that were important of what they were going to then dedicate. Um, the next part, uh, the last one, not the last one, but uh, as they got together, they all, they, they actually got um, two, two choirs together and they put the choirs on either end because remember, it's, this is like five miles around the entire gates. And they offered sacrifices and they rejoiced because God had given them great joy. The great joy was that he brought them back out of slavery, back into something that would have been hard for them, uh, being stuck out uh, under rebellion. So the sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. I know stadiums can be heard far away, but I don't know the last time that a church has gotten together that's been heard far away. And, and infinitely more important, that we praise God than we praise our football or soccer or whatever team. Again, 
not preaching at you. It's, this is me too. I cheer very loudly and very passionately at some sporting events. Do I do that for God as well? Um, <clears throat> and, and so they brought these two choirs. So uh, in our lives, do we take time to dedicate things in our lives and to celebrate things? Uh, I, I thought it was interesting before, before we get into that, uh, from the fields, so this is verse 44 uh, in chapter 12. Uh, at the time, uh, men were appointed to be in charge of the storerooms and contributions, uh, and all these things were brought together, but, uh, oh, here, yes, oh, sorry, wrong verse, Thir 43. On that day, they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God gave them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. I thought this was interesting. Why mention the women and children rejoiced also? Because when I look around, I'm like, man, the women and children got this, right? Like on worship, on a, on a typical Sunday, I, I love it. You, know, you got the, the kids who are just like, thank you, God. Like they, they know. They're just like, I don't care. It's like we're good. I'm good here. You know, you know, some of us are like, we're good here. Some of us are like, we're good here. Some of us maybe... However we worship, though, this implies men, we're the model. We're the model for how to worship, which is kind of a big task because I know for us as men, we're like, wait, I don't sing so well, and those words go awfully fast. I agree sometimes. But we're the model. Our heart of praise needs to be evident to all because it is evident to all. It's evident to our kids. It's evident to those that are around us. Even if you don't have like any family here, people, you're modeling something. And so for us as men, that's, that's kind of a, to me when I read it, I was like, whoa, gut punch time. All right, we are the model. The women and children also praise greatly, which is, it's awesome. It's a whole family thing, right? Worshiping together as a family. That's pretty awesome. So, and it was, it was so great that it was heard far away. Okay, back into our thought. Sorry, I, that was a little, I'm not going to apologize for that. But that, uh, that was something, men, people watch what we do. Are we praying with our kids? Are we taking time to pray with those who are around us? Are we taking time to show that we care? Um, and when we dedicate something, do we celebrate what we've dedicated? So here's some thoughts. I, I just, I was thinking about this week. Um, <laughs> there are some things that we can dedicate and we do, we dedicate certain things in our life very specifically, okay? Uh, here are some public dedications. So, baptism. Last year, we had eight people get baptized. Oh, it was super awesome. That was amazing. So what is baptism? Well, it's a public testimony to everyone around. It's important for people to see that God is moving in lives around them. And they're saying, God is the Lord of my life. Jesus is the one and only Son of God, and He is my Savior, and I have nothing without Him. It's a testimony. It's, it's, it's something for that person to stand and say that, but it's also something for everyone else around them to say, oh, look at that. 
God is at work. That's a worth of celebration, right? So, just so you know, we're going to have some more baptisms. Uh, I already asked. It doesn't count in snow. Turns out you can't just like dunk a person in snow and whitewash them. Um, even though we're as sin as white as snow, no, no, no. Uh, and I mean, that'd be kind of mean. So we'll get a warm bin at some point because I know, I know of a few people uh, that want to get baptized. So if, the, if that's something in your life, you're like, man, I've never been baptized. Well, did God work in your life or not? Well, yeah. Well, then why not be a testimony to everyone around you? Uh, I don't like water. I promise it's not about drowning you, okay? So that is something. Baptism, super awesome. That is dedicating something that needs to be celebrated. Baptism, awesome. All right, so our children. We, we do dedications, okay? Um, and as far as kids go, you know, in our life, if we're Christian parents, we've already dedicated our life to raising them that way. It's, and that's awesome, just so you know that it's true. Like, if, as a Christian dad, I know that I'm going to raise my kids according to what God has put in place in my life because I know that I'm a model. But we have time that we can come together and dedicate babies or children or whatever up here where then you just publicly commit. Say, hey, I know that I'm going to do this personally, but I want everyone else to know that I'm going to do this and I could, we're a body of believers and we all need each other to help encourage us, to help guide us because together we're, we're, we're the body, right? Apart, we can't do something apart from each other. So as we raise our kids, that's, that's something, a, a child dedication, that's something that's worth celebrating, right? That's another way to test, have a testimony before other people to say like, look, God's worked in this part of my life. Marriage, new life together. Marriage is awesome. It's a commitment of two people coming together to know that they are one. And when they, when they wrap themselves around God, then that is something worth celebrating. And that's something worth dedicating that life, that marriage to God. Because if it's dependent on us, it's really hard. I'm just going to say that. In our own efforts, the devil has lots of tricks, and in our own efforts, it's really hard. Um, and so for marriage, marriages work without God. They do. But they're supposed to be centered around him. Like, that is why we would dedicate that life, that new life together. So marriage, another time that we should dedicate and celebrate. Now, lastly, um, and... If you listen to the messages, Shane, Shane does the same like chunk of scripture, but he comes out a different way. If you have time, like last week's message, he, had, he talked a little bit about how um, sometimes we ask ourselves like, well, why is this going so wrong? Why God, where are you? And, and that's understandable. But then when we're blessed, when we have things going right, we're not asking the same question. Why, God? Why are things going so good? Why are we so blessed? And, and he, he does it a little bit differently. You know, he has, he's, just look. <laughs> what do I even say? Uh, so, you know, like when, when, we, when we're blessed, are we asking the same, like, what am I blessed for? 
why did I have, like, why was I provided this job that provides this income? I can support my family, but I actually have a little bit extra. What is that for, God? Do we dedicate that to God? Do we say, hey, whatever you need this for, you obviously gave me this job for a reason. What do you need this for? Because I know my job is to take care of my family and be responsible and prudent with my finances and my things and my cars and all of it. But like, it's God's. So what do I say? All right, God, hey, if you need this, tell me how to give it to whoever needs it, right? Um, our livestock. Right now, there's a whole bunch of calves getting born. It's kind of frightening because it's tiring. It's really cold out, right? And so you, you know, do we take time to say, man, first of all, birth is amazing that it actually happens and that so many cows do make it or use lambs. I don't know what else is being born right now. There's a lot of things being born. But do we take time to say, God, this is all yours. Every bit of what's coming and I've been blessed with is all yours. Do what you need to with what I have because everything that I have, my sports ability, like for me, it was soccer. For some of you, it's other things. But do you take time to say, God, I want to honor you in my sports. I dedicate my practices and my season to giving you glory and playing my very best for your glory. Well, what does that even look like? Same with our time, our jobs. Do we take time to dedicate those things to God, right? Those things, every moment that we have is God's anyway. But if we understand that we're forgiven much, our response should be we are thankful abundantly. I was looking for the right word. Abundantly thankful. To the point where we can be heard all around saying, you know what? You're right. That was pretty awesome, but it was because God gave me the opportunity to do it. Yes, that goal was great. I agree. But God gave me the ability to kick it. I was, I was in the right position. It was awesome. Great pass. But God, God helped me do that. Or, um, hey, good job on your job, whatever you, you really made a difference in this kid's life or in this coworker's life. And like 10 years down the road, they're like, you know, you made that difference because of how you lived. You, you showed me, you told me, but you also showed me how and what it was to have a life that was changed by Christ. So a little bit of Simon says here, people do hear what you say but they also see what you do. What have we dedicated to God? What have we take, taken time to do? And like, how are we honoring God through all of this? How are we taking time to honor God with what we do, what we have? Because in Nehemiah's time, they honored him with everything they had because they realized that they had nothing without him. If you enjoyed this teaching, we would love to have you join us for a live gathering. If you need more information about us, including our gathering times or previous teachings, you can find all that at mvfchurch.com. And make sure you follow us on social media too. See you next time.